0: we're back we took a couple weeks off we were refocusing rejigging some things we wanted to bring a solid product to everybody and we felt like the stuff we were putting out wasn't the best that we could be if we're just being totally honest so we took some time evaluated where we were at and we're back the show is going to be 10 times better than it was uh and we're just going to start coming at you with some new things too uh we kind of got a couple side projects we're thinking about doing but uh the main show is back right now but keep an eye out for uh some new things and i know we got a couple of wrestling fans that listen to this and we we might have something up our sleeve for you guys pretty soon so let's start the show with something a little fun which at the time it wasn't fun a year and a day ago today the leafs lost a game to the carolina hurricanes six to three and uh you know that's that's something that's that's normal the leafs they lose games once in a while what wasn't normal about this game is the winning goaltender on record was a Zamboni driver that works for the team. Now, I'm sure we all remember that game. It's something that we don't really want to look back on. Uh, it is probably the most, it is the most embarrassing loss in Maple Leafs history. Where were you guys when that happened and what was your reaction to that? Matt, start us off.
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I think I was just watching like everyone else and I actually remember a lot of plays from that game, because I think uh, Mrazic went out the last goalie before Ayers came in, and Clifford just destroyed him. Yeah. Like I think it was Kyle Clifford, which is a funny name to say, was beaming down.
2: Kyle Clifford was on the Leafs.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that's hilarious to look at. So Clifford wrecked Mrazic, and then David Ayers came in. And I think, Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Tavares and Engel scored pretty quick, like in like four or five minutes. Yeah. We got two quick ones. I'm like, yo, like – we're going to win like 10, like by like 10 goals. Cause like, it was bad to start and you kind of saw them get momentum and momentum. And then like, I remember we're going into the third intermission. I was just like, Oh shit. Like, cause you actually could tell that they were probably going to lose. Yeah. So like, I don't know, I'm still kind of pissed. I'm surprised. Like, I feel like people don't really talk about that as much as they should. Like, I know he did like a lot of media and stuff after, but like, Oh, in terms of a good point. Yeah. In terms of how embarrassing that was for, um, the Leafs hockey players, it was pretty bad, but, uh, yeah, I don't think about that day too much often, but, um, I think it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. For me, I'll go and I'll say that's a great, that's not necessarily a lead into anything, but to touch on the media side, like, first of all, they had to bring it up that it was a thing that happened a year ago today. So oh, it's yeah. probably going to get, it's probably going to get brought up again next yeah. year and then that year after. But apparently there was like, not just one, maybe not even two, but more than two, uh, television producing companies movie producing companies that want to produce a movie or a document a documentation documentary on uh, the David Ayer story and I'm not sure exactly what the story would include as much as the idea of the result where he got but I know he's been through some hardships before and I follow his wife or I think on Twitter for some reason because he doesn't have Twitter so everything that goes out is through him sorry through her but um in terms of where I was, yeah, I was on my couch. I was hoping that the Leafs would score something from, like, center ice because it was just pucks on net. You could see Matthews was spinning and shooting. It wasn't really his best game, too. They could, You could tell the message, what's pucks on net, pucks on net. They kind of lost focus eventually after uh, they realized it wasn't just, like, an average house leaker. So, I mean, he's not the greatest, but uh, he stopped some pucks. And yeah. uh, it made a day out of history, and even Steve Dangle, uh, kind of embarrassed himself for the furtherment of uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fans I know Josh wasn't too happy about that
0: no I wasn't like Steve's gonna be Steve right like everything he does he he's got a special uh and no hate to Steve Dangle I love what he does he's one of my inspirations like going into the hockey world but uh, I just found that video a little we, a little uh out, outside his comfort zone we'll say the that other day
2: where, yeah where if you're unfamiliar the, he Steve yeah. Dangle tries to go one-on-one with David Ayers to like Retribution for Leafs fans and it didn't turn out that well at all. So
1: yeah. wait, I Steve missed it. What happened? What video like what? He, he Literally just a came out. It's uh a Steve it
2: Angle, on... David Ayers, Josh Hugo.
0: Yeah, it was a, they did it on Jeff Merrick's ring. So it, Steve yeah. took ten shootout shots on uh, David Ayers and I brutal think they shootout
2: were, shots. Yeah. I mean brutal. Like they, they did flipped. some
0: more videos, so they, they they I think one's coming out today where he was the goalie and Ayers was shooting, like that one, that'll be a good one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, just, uh, no, just... I was, I was, uh, you guys know I'm a big sports gambler. I like I like betting on games and I was, uh, watching the game and I see, uh, like you said, Mirazik go down. I'm like, Oh, the emergency backup goalie's coming in. I'm hammering the Leafs to come back right now. So I log on to the site and I got my bet in before they could update the odds. So I had the Leafs to win at like 14 to one. Cause at that point they were down by three. So I was like, Oh, sweet. So I, I got, I think I threw a hundred bucks on and I could have got 1400 back. And it just didn't pan out. It was one of the weirdest situations ever. So that's where I was for that. Just always fun to look back on stuff like that. And of note, uh, people say, you know, that nothing really came out of that game uh, for the the elites. But what actually happened that the next day, Zach Bogosian was supposed to have a a meeting with Kyle Dubas because at that time he had been bought out by Buffalo and was a free agent. And Dubas actually canceled that meeting 12 hours before after the loss to uh, the Zamboni driver because they wanted the team to go in a different direction and they felt bringing in Bogosian at that time wasn't the best move. And uh, we all know what happened with Bogosian. He went on to sign with the Tampa Bay Lightning and win his Stanley Cup and then ended up in Toronto anyway. So it's just kind of funny how things work out like that, eh? Yeah, good story.
2: Well, speaking of Bogosian, he was on the ice last night. Why don't you catch us up I'm on the Leafs now?
0: Yeah, the Leafs lose 3 uh, nothing to the Calgary Flames and kind of an uneventful game like not not too much happened last night like you know that wasn't that involved you know we were the first off the Leafs were missing Thornton Muzzin um who else were they missing you know you're still missing Simmons Anderson was out Hyman's out Robertson's not quite back yet I know he's in the AHL but he should be coming up soon so they're missing some heavy hitters And uh, Michael Hutchinson started, so you're always in for a wild ride when that happens. Dave Riddich started for the Calgary Flames. It was the battle of the backups. And to me, it just looked like the Leafs couldn't get anything going last night. Uh, The power play looked sloppy. They had a five-on-three where I think they generated one post off of a Matthews one-timer. And they just didn't seem to be clicking. And looking at the... I just read the practice quotes from Kristen Shilton. She was kind of saying the message I got from the quotes was that the team, they definitely miss Thornton and Simmons when they're not on the bench because they're always talking trying to get the boys going. And it was Mitch Marner that said, yeah, someone's got to step up and just kind of take on that, that role, that leadership role. And my question to that is, I guess we can kind of transition into this is what well, you've a leader on the team. It's John Tavares. I'll go first. So yeah. why, why do you need someone else to step up when uh, Johnny Toronto's over there sitting with the C on his Jersey?
1: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll touch on tomorrow's, but I just think in general, like, I kind of feel like a narrative for the leaf season is whenever, like, a key player is out, maybe not like a superstar, but like a Thornton or a Simmons or a Muzzin. Because I saw Muzzin quotes this morning that just kind of bring energy. Like, I feel like our players use it as a scapegoat to not do what they're supposed to do. Like, I just feel like I always hear in the media, maybe it's media and it's not their quotes, but it's always like they didn't have Thornton, they didn't have Simmons. I'm like, no offense, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, if you're missing those players and you're not a good team or you can't get it going, then, like, that's a problem. Because no offense to those guys, but, like, it's one year, 700,000. Simmons yeah. is one year, 1.5 million. So I agree with you, Josh. I think it's more the big dogs need to step up. Like, maybe you get some pushing and shoving. But I know we're probably going to talk about uh, Tavares and Nylander because um, they've taken most of the slander. But – um. I don't know, man. I just think it's so stupid when people always point to, like, small guys like that that are out of the lineup, and, like, we have a leader. It's like, hey, like, you guys have been playing professional sports for a minute now. Like, I don't think you need Joe Thornton to, like, perk up your day. Like, maybe because no fans, but, like, I'm contradicting myself, but I just think personally, it shouldn't matter who's in or out of the lineup. You need to step up and get the job done, or at least compete harder, I would say. Yeah,
0: I see it from both sides, though, right? Because a guy can definitely bring a huge step to your lineup, for sure. Like, Uh, We definitely saw a step up in the Leafs game when Thornton returned from the ribbon journey, right? You just saw the guys, they were so happy for him and all that. But if you're missing, how old is he, 41? If you're missing a 41-year-old Joe Thornton, that shouldn't affect your, your, your physical game that much, right? Yeah. I mean, and that first line last night was loaded. It was Tavares moved to the wing, centered by Matthews and winged by Marner. And it
2: got split up though after the it, it second, did. like just right away. I, I remember looking at the second period in, in like middle of the game and I'm like, okay, well that's Marner and that's like Nylander and that's Mikheyev. I'm like, that's not the first line I saw. So I I kind of upset that that didn't get stuck out with, I guess too.
0: They just couldn't get anything going. I it, you, you always get one weird game, right? And like, I'm honestly, they, lo- they lose 3 nothing to Calgary. Calgary is a decent team when they show up and play. Uh, they haven't been the same since the last time they played the Leafs and Muzzin flipped that puck at, uh, at the Chuck. But um, it, I'm not too upset by last night's loss. You know, there were a lot of, I guess you could call them built in excuses. You know, Hutch is your goalie. He led that first one was a soft one.
2: Couple kind of of crappy calls.
0: Yeah, the refing wasn't the best, but we can't always expect that. Um, but you know, I'm not too concerned with that loss. You still got a five point buffer on the league and a seven point buffer on your division. So you're going to, you're not going to go on several seven get seven game winning streaks in the season. I think the most important thing you can take away from this is how they rebound tomorrow night against Calgary again. And it's look, Anderson wasn't at practice today and he's still day today. So you might be stuck with Hutch tomorrow again, but see how that goes.
1: Yeah, I think this kind of speaks to the big picture. Like, sorry, we've been off for a little while, so we haven't really talked about this, but, like, do you guys feel like Nylander and Tavares haven't really been playing good, or do you kind of not notice them as much? Because, like, I know a lot of articles are written about Nylander. That video went out of him just kind of hitting a guy with a stick check. Tavares, like... I don't want to say he's not in his prime anymore, but you can certainly tell he's going down like that first year was probably his best year of his career and then last year injuries and this year he's kind of inconsistent play. So when I look at the big picture personally, I think Divari's and Nealander do need to split up and I don't want to get, have a hot take this early on in the pod, but I think I have to, I just think as good as Matthews and Marner are together, them playing together. It's so hard to get other things going offensively on other lines because I just think it's your two best forwards together. They're forced to play 23, 24 minutes a night, which is kind of hard to sustain. And then no offense to Tavares and Nylander, but they can't get things going together. They don't have chemistry. So my solution, because I know people always talk about problems, but I would put Tavares and Nylander back on the first power play with Matthews and Marner, just so they get touches. They get the puck going. And maybe they get some easy goals with those two guys out there. But I just think if we want to go where we need to go, we need secondary scoring. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah. Um, you you bring up splitting up your two big, big dogs, but then you take a look at Boston and – I know they're not doing it right now for but majority of the time, all three of their top stars have been there. They've ran with Marshawn yeah, at Bergeron, and it works. Edmonton runs McDavid and Dry Yeah, but Edmonton
1: doesn't work. Edmonton's bad. Like just talking about Boston.
0: Well, we're gonna talk about Edmonton later. Yeah, so we're talking about
1: Edmonton coming up, but just to, uh they're go on Boston in their last 10. It's I think Boston was um actually a really good point that you said. But when I look at Boston, they have David Krejci, they have Debrask, and I think their role as forwards, their third line, their fourth line isn't to score. They're, it's going to be very neutral. They're going to create body checks, and they can win games two to one. The way the Leafs kind of play, I kind of find it hard to believe that if Matthews and Marner aren't going, we're going to win two to one. Like, that usually only happens if Anderson stands in his head, and we can't really rely on that and where he is in his career. So uh, maybe not, like I said, maybe not break them up, but I do think you have to find better ways of getting Tavares and Nylander back in the mix on the power play and 5-on-5.
0: I think it's finding them a new winger because the way I look at it, and Brandon, I know you probably have something to say on this, but uh, John Tavares' game style—he's not fast. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have. Hands. He doesn't have. I w- I don't think he has the best hands. You, I don't think he does, but he's a workhorse. He can get the puck to somebody, and when he's given the puck, he can shoot quickly and score. We saw it in the we saw it in his first season here. He netted forty-seven goals. That's a great season. Um, and then you got Nylander, who when he shows up, he's great. When he doesn't show up, it's noticeable that he didn't show up. Um, and I, I've seen excuses for Nealander, Like people are saying, Oh, you know, he's just lazy on the ice. And then you see his defender saying, well, he does things so effortlessly that it makes him look lazy, which I don't buy that. If you're working hard, people are going to be able to tell that you're working hard. So I, I think they, those two need to figure it out together. Um, Maybe give it like five more games, and then maybe you have to split them up for a couple games just to get them going again. And put I would put Nylander with Matthews, and then Marna with Tavares, because that's what
1: they were doing before. And it was so pretty, you would split up Matthews, Marner, Josh? I,
0: I'd give it five more games because you have a buy. Okay. you
1: have time. So right? you'd you'd wait a little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of a players go on dry spells. It happens all the time. Um, I just think, but
1: like, it's not like they're hitting a bunch of posts. Like I think they're standing out noticeably as ineffective. I don't want to say bad because I feel like that's not really giving it context, but I think far Tavares looked ineffective. They kind of, I just feel like as soon as they have to the puck, guys are on them too quick. Like they're not really doing a good job of creating time and space for them. And I do understand what you're kind of saying because like when you look at the Leafs like all healthy, we do have down the middle, Matthews, Tavares, and our third line center kind of switches. But on the right wing, we have Marner, Nealon Simmons. So we're kind of stacked in the center and the right wing, but our left side is terrible. Like we have Thornton, Hyman who switches to right side a lot lately yeah Thornton Hyman and they try Vesey we'll see what Delchenyuk can do so I think like another hot take I think this is pointing towards a big addition at the trade deadline like we hear rumblings out in Nashville uh Taylor Hall will be available which would be hilarious we ended up on the Leafs but um yeah we don't have to get into that but just kind of saying yeah. um Brandon what do you think um they should do just to get and Torres going
2: on geez I don't know I gave some I keep on giving some hard times to Nylander to Josh over the over our texts I know he is not a huge fan of it He, he stuck up for Nylander after the first or second game I remember that over Twitter it was kind of funny because a lot of Leafs fans got on Nylander very quickly and now they're getting back on him um I haven't heard too much on the demise of John Tavares, I would say, if that's what's being mentioned here. I've seen you know some consistency in his play. I'm seeing the big gaps with William Nealander and his effort and his back-checking and his physicality. I think that when a guy like you know, no comparison in skill level, but Nylander and you have a guy like Simmons out there who creates space and makes it a little bit more intimidating for, uh, you know, other teams to play against. Uh, It gets more space for guys like Nylander. Nylander can't create his own space with his body, physicality, holding off guys with his sticks. He needs his edges and his hands, which is great. He has those edges and hands, but when it comes to being on a line with a bunch of people who just want to do edges and handwork, you need some guys that are wanting to go into the corners too. And Wayne Simmons, Mikheyev, Hyman, you know, only one of those three names I just named were in the lineup last night. Right. So you're missing yeah. some of your, your most great grindful guys. And, you know, we can't dissect a game too much. Uh, like last night when, you know, you're even missing one of your biggest defensemen who stands up for, you know, every shot, every shot block, every, every net battle, it's Jake Muzzin. Right. So hopefully Jake Muzzin gets better. You know, and uh, the Leafs continue to stay easy top one, top two with no with 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 no questions.
0: Yeah, and just a, a quick note on Muzzin before we move on to Montreal. Uh, it looks like he'll be back in a game or two. He broke a bone in his face, and he's just going to play with a face shield. So I don't think we have too much to be concerned about. But that that could affect his game a little bit because he does like to mix it up and. He's probably going to get a lot of fishbowl comments, but we'll see what happens there. Here we go. Montreal Canadiens are regressing back to their standards. This is going to be a little bit of analytics for everybody. Uh, Let me kind of put it in simple terms to start off with. Montreal started the season kind of on a hot tear. People started calling them a juggernaut, uh, saying that they were the best team in Canada. Some even went as far to say they were the best team in the league. And I believe I said multiple times, no, they're not. They're way overperforming. Uh, Montreal is not the best team, even in their own division, let alone the third best team in their division. And now they're starting to come back to their standard. And I want to give a shout out to Rachel Dory of the staff and graph podcast, who tweeted this on February 4th, 2021. Montreal has been, sorry, wrong tweet. All this to say, all this to say Montreal is a really good team. Definitely top two in the North. No question. I just wonder what happens when the percentages start to normalize. Fans tend to overreact when, in actuality, they're overperforming in traditional, traditionally unsustainable areas. So, for example, Jeff Petrie on February fourth was shooting at 30% when his career average was six. Tatar was shooting 22% when his career average was 13. Tefoli at 21% when his average was 10, and Anderson at 20% when his average was 10.9. So. They were way overperforming. Carey Price was also overperforming with a 9.29 save percentage, and uh, it looks like they're starting to regress back to their normal. So, do we feel a little differently about Montreal now knowing that no, they were I, overperforming?
1: Well, I, I said at the beginning of this, if we have to roll back the tape, we will. But um, I I kind of knew Montreal would do this. Like there was no track record of the roster they had now having long-term success. Like they haven't done it before with this kind of core group, I would say. Cause like, I don't know, man. I just don't think Montreal is good. Like you look at like oh, the league. Either. I yeah, think they're you... the
0: fourth best team in the division.
1: Okay, well that's nice, Josh. Um yeah, so uh <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So um yeah you just kind of look at Montreal and like they ask so much out of like Drew and to foley Anderson. It's like these guys aren't Dry Patrick Kane. Like you know what I mean? Like the elite superstars. Like no offense to Josh Anderson, Tyler Folie, but if they made back to back All Star games, I would be shocked. They're like, tier not...
0: three. Let's exactly. bring up Josh's tier.
1: They're a tier three player. Exactly. Tier three players. You're probably top six four, top six nine, top four D. You're pretty good. You're add value. You're needed to win Stanley Cups. But if you don't have that elite talent, it's kind of tough. Yep. And I kind of I was reading some articles about Montreal and like the people who they're throwing under the bus, they want to trade like oh, Suzuki, or like this, that. It's like, I have no idea what the fans want and what people are expecting out of the Montreal Canadiens. Like, it's different to say we should make the playoffs in this kind of division, this kind of matchup, because it favors us. But they will. Yeah, that's 100% okay. That makes sense. But to think that you're going to beat Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Shifley, all these studs, on a night-to-night basis, it's not realistic. Like, you need Carey Price to stand on his head. And I just think personally, from a Montreal fan, I will wait a few years for Suzuki to become. I don't think he will, but Suzuki, Kakanyemi, Romanoff has progress. Cole Caulfield ha- is up. When those guys reach like 25, maybe, and then they're like going to go and maybe, I don't think they'll ever be on the, that level in McDavids and them. But you need stars. Like you can't just have a really good signing into Foley or Josh Anderson and expect them to carry you where you need to go. So I just think this whole Montreal thing, you need to temper your expectations. You need to relax. And there's still a lot of season to come up, so I don't think fans or coaches should be um, turning on each other. Like, I saw a lot of people point fingers at Claude Julien. Yeah, that's what um, I wanted to
0: bring up next.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah for some unknown reason. So uh, yeah, Josh, Brandon, you guys can take it away, but I just yeah, think me, this is a team a bit. Let me that needs it to relax. Up.
2: I remember, Josh, I know I I didn't associate the tweet by name with Rachel Dory, but now I remember the tweet with the statistics and the graph. Uh, I remember you sent me that. So that was kind of, I mean, it's kind of a shot at the players. I'm not sure if they see that stuff, but it's kind of like, I don't like how that graph shows that players can't get better or they can't have a decent run or they can't have, you know what I mean? Like if you have an average, you have an average for sure, but averages can get better and you only, you know, increase your oh, average. Oh yeah, graph. but not
0: by, not by 25%. Yeah. I for
1: think sure. that was just showing like, sure. yeah, they're yeah.
2: No, lucky. 100%, but I want, I know I don't want, you know, look at me. I'm not the NHLPA, but I don't want players to feel, you know, discouraged that uh, their averages mean more than their, you know, their current. I mean Matthews just went on an eighteen game streak. Do we think that he's gonna get, you know, fifty-six goals, maybe yes. forty-five to fifty. We can No, talk but about I think that. he's getting fifty. Right, for sure. But um that that point's kind of is besides it. Uh in terms of Claude Julien, I don't like his his, his mannerisms, if that makes sense. He's very dull. He's uh So he, you want he's... him
0: fired because you don't like his manners?
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. Mannerisms. The way oh. he oh. acts. His mannerisms. Um Kind of the way he talks to the media he's all about keeping things in the house, which is whatever, like Montreal and Toronto are two huge markets. You don't want to let everything get out to the media. But, you know, when you're boring as shit and your name's Montreal Canadiens and, you know, you're looking for some type of media coverage, Claude Julien is probably one of the worst faces to have, you know, talk for your team. And uh, he's just boring to look at to me. I'm not I sure agree. about his coaching style. He's been around for a while. There's a lot of coaches that have been around for a while that might not deserve to be in the league. But, um, you know, Claude Julien, he's, has that. I'm sure he has a French Canadian connection or something like no, that. No, he
1: does. Him. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. So, uh, at the team, that the community probably loves him for that. There's some teams that there's some players that are, sorry, some fans that won't be happy seeing him let go, let go. But, um, they have a weird GM. I mean, he's a weird, he's a weird man. He's been he dressing. Weird, he's eh? he's, he's, he's yeah, been going so. through a little bit of a midlife crisis. Mark Bergerman, it looks like. So, uh, you know, who knows what, what, maybe they do some deals. I don't know what those deals would be, but, uh, uh, you know, hopefully there's oh, nothing with, with the Maple Leafs.
1: Um, uh, yeah, the, Brandon actually said a lot of good stuff, just kind of branch off. Some of the trades that they were thinking, and I don't know if they want to throw these people under the bus, but I actually have a list right here. They, Thomas Tatar, Paul Byron, and Philip Deneau. And just talk about Tatar and Deneau, most of that is contract extension. They'll both be UFAs, and like, I heard Deneau wants like six times six or something like absurd. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like he's I been guess. mentioned in the Selkie a little bit, but like, I yeah, think when a, you have, yeah, when you have Suzuki and Kant Yemi coming up in center, it's not really smart to sign someone who might be your second, third line center or six times six. So they are looking apparently trade flip to know they put Paul Byron on the taxi squad, which fans are upset, but like, I don't know, like who kind of really gives a fuck if Paul Byron's on your taxi squad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of branch off of Brandon said their management, I think needs to relax. Cause like they kind of made the expectations this year. So overblown talking about, yeah, this might be our year win the cup, blah, 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 blah. I have a I just, question.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Matt. Go Who's ahead, the no, backup but... boy for the elite for the Canadians? Who's Jake Allen price?
1: Jake Allen. Yeah. So they brought Jake Allen in thinking it was going to give price. Oh, extra rest. So he's going to be even better. And I'm just like, yeah, may- maybe that will work. Like, even if Carey Price is a little better, Carey Price is never the problem. So I don't understand mm. why he gets so. No, Joe. I know it's a little inconsistent, but like, think about what they have asked him to do for the last what eight years since like twenty ten. you say matter- he's the best player on that team? It doesn't he's matter. He's the best player. When, when you're making ten million dollars a God, year, shut. I hate it when people say this. You make ten, but like they signed him with the best player no, on the ice. But Josh, listen, they signed him to an eight year deal making 10 and a half when he was twenty nine. Yeah, okay. he's like thirty three right now. It's okay. unrealistic to think in a division with Dreisaitl, Scheifele, Matthews, and all these scores that that he's going to stand on his head every game. It's unrealistic. So when I watch Montreal and they score, I saw Josh Anderson in the overtime just standing there and Tuchuk sniped it. like okay, I Yeah, think that
0: was fantastic. That was hilarious.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I think there's so many other things before I would even point at goaltending. Maybe it's a little inconsistent and you want it to be an elite because you're paying guys 10 and a half. But like... I don't know. I just think there's other factors that make it a good, successful team. I think, like I, pointing you, at the goalie is a weak excuse, in my opinion. I think people do that too much.
0: We're talking about Montreal, and what's one thing we all agreed on? They're average. They just have a team of average players. Mediocre,
1: right? Yeah. Mediocre. So,
0: well, maybe that's a little far, but like they're just at, like they're tier three players, right?
1: So but that's they, mediocre. They,
0: they have some. I wouldn't say Josh Anderson's mediocre. He's above mediocre. <laughs> but like, so you're you're trading. Let's say you trade DeNo. What are you getting back for him that makes you better?
1: Oh, I know, actually, because well, I, I read I mean. I this in the article. Like, when they want to trade these players, they don't want to do picks or anything because they want to win now, blah, 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 yeah, and that type of stuff. But so they want, are you, like, they are want you... more young players to build on the Suzuki, Kakinemi, Romanov, Caulfield kind like, of core. So an example I saw it was they trade deno to Edmonton for um, who's the good young forward, uh, the right wing. Yamamoto. Yeah, Momoto, no. yeah, Yeah, Moto. yeah. Yeah, so...
0: That doesn't make them better, though. Uh,
1: it makes them different. And I just think Montreal wants to be different. So, I, I don't know. Like, long-term, I would personally, like, temper expectations, sell off to Tar and Dano, and build on my young core. But I have no idea why they want to win now so badly. Like, I just think this Canadian division has unrealistic expectations for each market, you know?
0: Yeah, but... I don't know. It's just... To me, it, it kind of reminds me of the Leafs a little bit because Montreal is a young team. They got some young players and I think they just got to wait for them to kind of develop a little bit. And this seems like a good year to do it because you're still going to make the playoffs. You got some experience in the playoffs last year that you definitely weren't expecting. And I, I just think that they need to wait and see. Like maybe I'd go out and get some additional pieces, but don't trade away pieces of your team that you have right now to improve for one year. And I, I don't think Claude Julien's the problem either. Like, yeah, he's a little dull in the media and all that. But, you know, he's done a good job there with the kids and everything. You know, they're – what are they in at the moment? They're in fourth, third? Yeah, they're in a playoff spot, yeah. They're in a playoff spot, sure. so he's doing his job. But I just think it's kind of a wait and see with Montreal right now. Because The kids still have to develop. They got some good prospects in the minors playing in Laval. I, I don't think there's too much they can do because they've kind of dug themselves into a hole where just everything they have is average.
1: That. Wait, and that's Josh, all
0: you're going to get in return
1: you kind of pointed at this do you think Kerry price is overrated I, like, I feel like i do why
0: because everyone hypes him up as the best goalie in the league and he's not even top 10 anymore you okay name 10 better goalies than
1: carry price right now
0: andre Mark Vasilevsky, Tuka Rask, jacob markstrom um
1: you would rather have markstrom than price in one game just one game win all yeah i would Okay, I guess. Okay, that was three. Keep going. Frederick,
0: Frederick Anderson's better than Carey Price.
1: That's not true.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, who else? Let me let me think here. I'm just okay, you only made four John still. No, I'm going through. Yeah, John Gibson. Yeah, okay, Thank that, you, that's Brandon. a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, I, 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 haven't watched, I haven't watched uh, many. Yeah, Hellebuck, Hellebuck for sure. Hellebuck for sure. Um, not Matt Murray.
1: Uh, nah, I don't know okay. why I had to break him up. Binnington, maybe. Uh, no, Biddington, a little inconsistent. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter, Josh. My point to you was more just he has a mediocre team in front of him, so it's going to be hard to be a ten and a half MVP goalie on the night-to-night basis in this division. Would you agree he's with that never, at least? I, I,
0: the only Dude, time he's he, he won sir. an
1: MVP as a goalie, come on, that's insane. In 2014. No, but I no, but I, in my opinion, it's that much more impressive because he's been so dominant since then, and this Montreal team has given what. Max Pacioretty, these guys, like you know what I mean. Like I just kind of yeah, look at I it just as think, a just... bigger picture, and like there's other guys I want to throw stones at before it's him. Like, dude, I okay, think. Let, this is... let me
0: let me put out at you like this: the best yeah. goalie, the best goalie in the league, makes the Olympic team. Are you picking Carey Price as the starting goaltender for Team Canada if the Olympics start tomorrow?
1: Uh, I would go Carter Hart, Carey Price, and um, I'm drawing a blank, but I'm pretty sure I'll go but Price, Price Price care, uh, I will find Price isn't your
0: starter.
1: I think. Well, Hockey Canada is kind of different because it's kind of an old boys club. Like, people like people have to remember this is in two years or a year, and people still have Bergeron on the top line, like, yeah. over, like, you know what I mean? So I think he might just get the bump in the starting role just because of, like, experience. He's older and that stuff. But I know what you're trying to say. In terms of does he actually deserve it, probably not. You would like to give other guys a look. But he will be there, I think we could say. At least, you yeah. know, Josh? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's, okay, move, so on from,
0: let's move on from yeah, shitty on carry price. Uh, Let, let's go to the actual best player in the NHL right now, or one of the top two for sure. Uh, Connor, Connor McDavid is pairing up the league along with Leon Dreis-Eidel. Uh And you know what? We'll throw him in there too. Matthews and Marner. Those four guys are carrying the league right now in, in points production. But the Oilers, you know, kind of off to a rough start they were, and they've kind of turned it around in the last 10 games. I believe they're 8-2 and two in the last 10. Um, And they got some pretty good statistics. You know, uh, uh, McDavid, I think he's at 38 points now. sidle's not too far behind him. Darnell Nurse is playing an average of 29 minutes a night. Uh, Toskaden's kind of back on the ball, making not a lot of saves, but enough to get them a win. And they they look like an overall decent team who can make a run because their top players are going and their depth is producing. And I think that's all we can expect from the Oilers at the moment. So I, my question kind of is, and Montreal, it can kind of relate to this. Do you think the Oilers are overperforming at the moment, or is this what we can expect from them moving forward?
1: Well, Josh, like the statistics that you kind of said, like don't really tell the whole story, because four out of eight of their wins were against Ottawa. Right. So, um, and like those Ottawa games, I think one of them I'm looking at it right now was eight five, and that was when McDavid had like five points in the first two periods. So I think they're just winning. Like, kind of, they're just like, like they beat Calgary seven to one on Saturday. Like, no,
2: the Leafs I don't know. couldn't get past Calgary or Ottawa twice.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think us playing Ottawa is more Ottawa has our number than it is us not like being a good hockey team. Yeah, it's one, I think it's one of those things. Like Ottawa and Buffalo, the last ten years have played us really well, which is kind of odd. Like even before Matthews and Marner, but just kind of going back to Edmonton. You, Josh, I agree with you. I think they're a good team. Uh, before the season, I think I had them finish second actually. Mm-hmm. So um, they're doing exactly really? what I, th- yeah, I had Toronto one, um, Edmonton two, Winnipeg three and Vancouver four, which I kind of regret, oh, the but Canadian uh, division. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, the Canadian we... division. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. yeah I just think McDavid and Dreiser are so dominant. Like they're definitely the best duo. I think they're first and Matthews and Marner are probably second right now. Um, but yeah, like you said, Koskinen stepping up, uh, Don Nurse, That's crazy what he's been doing. He's just juggernaut back there. Um, Transits to the Burlington Pond. Shout out. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think Edmonton's pretty good, but like I, I don't know if they can sustain it because like I don't know, McDavid. Like he's just so good. Like I know whenever you talk about the Oilers, it's kind of annoying that all we talk about is McDavid or side-o, But, but they're really happened. this. Yeah, exactly. They're kind I mean, of yeah. I got a question
2: line. for you guys related to yeah. this. If you guys are ready for it, but yeah, um, go. Obviously, you know, well before our time, Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux were tearing up every Saturday night hockey night in Canada and every other night when they played. But uh, that got broadcasted across, you know, not just Canada but the world. And now it's catching up to some people, especially those reporters who watched it back in the day. They uh, got some comparisons. They say that Matthews and McDavid are a second coming of Lemieux and Cro- and and, and uh, Gretzky uh some 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 even compared it more f- more recently to uh ovechkin and crosby
1: i like that one better. Got, yeah, i i
0: i hate comparisons like that i love it no because when i watch matthews and mcdavid i go that's not sid it, sid and crosby was a totally different rivalry because it was a different game and, and they hate
2: hated it. each other they, they, they actually they, yeah they, actually they didn't, didn't like each other they didn't like each other i can't say they hated each other but you yeah. saw a video sorry you see pictures even on uh the you know, nationally, globalized, globalized, whatever. The the, the broadcast um, on Saturday night on CBC or whatever, they'll uh, they'll show the picture of Matthews and McDavid, best friends, working out in the summer, right? And I just, um, I hate it's hard to create a rivalry right there.
0: I hate comparisons. Like you can't compare a rivalry to a rivalry because so much. I has think changed. you're looking at it wrong,
1: Josh. I don't think it's a rivalry to a rivalry. I think it's comparing dominance in an era yeah. to a dominance in another. Yeah, like yeah, when I, I can look, understand that, but I'm not done. Uh, it. Okay. i sorry, Josh. Yeah, but when I look at it, <laughs> I look at – sorry about that. I look at it from, like, 2005 to, like, 2015, it like, President's Trophy. It was either Pittsburgh or Washington. Playoffs, Pittsburgh, Washington. Uh, Sid got three cups. OV got a cup. Uh, the Olympics, it was the Canada-Russia showdown, that world juniors. So I just think every big game, the Winter Classic, it was always Crosby and Ovechkin. So I look at it more in terms of like when I turn on the highlights after every game, I see one of these two players and it's starting to get to the point where when we watch the highlights, it's just Matthews and McDavid. So I think it's fair to make, maybe not in terms of legacy and winning cups and scoring titles or whatever you want to say, but I just think in terms of wow factor, in terms of clicks, in terms of social media, in terms of big games, you have the best player who's American playing in the biggest market in Canada. And you have the best Canadian player playing in the place where Wayne Gretzky played. Like, obviously, you're going to have these comparisons. Like, just okay. natural.
0: So, uh, there's only one issue with this, okay? And maybe Your I can issue. buy uh, – maybe I can – no, no, I think you're going to get this. How many times are they playing each other this year? Ten?
1: A lot, yeah. Maybe eight? I don't know. How many
0: times do they play each other at a regular season? Two. How do you create a rivalry over two seasons? You can't do it. How many times did Sid and, uh, and Ovechkin play each other?
1: like six times a year and plus six, playoffs.
0: six to eight plus playoffs. They were seeing each other up to 15 times a season and international. Well, and that's
1: international, I,
2: I believe right? you keep so, going, but
0: I so see what you're you, going. I, I don't think like, yeah, you can compare them this season, but if you go on the next season and they split the conferences again, they're seeing each other twice. You can't have a, but Josh, you're it's not listening. it's really you're... over
2: in a matter of like half a year. It's this rivalry. Yeah. Josh, it, I don't it, think you understand
1: thing. though. It's not a rivalry. It's just, you are the two best players in the league by far. Right, yes, but the
2: only, that, league, but, the but, only but, league they're playing in is like Canadian Tire Division where where Timbits runs free.
0: Yeah, like you're not, it, it it can't fully breathe because they're not, like Sid
1: and- They're not, not, not
2: dominating the rest of the league.
1: Yeah, it, it just seems kind of isolated right I'm now. I'm
2: not like, yelling at you, Matt, but I- I'm No, just I understand.
1: I agree. But just to kind of not turn, just kind of like say something else. What if, say they do this, and uh, then say one of them wins the MVP this year. Next year, they only play each other twice, but in terms of the league, it's MVP again, Matthews McDavid. And then next year, they play in the Olympics. I then say six years from now, they play in the Stanley Cup final. It has the potential. It exactly. does. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a good comparison in my view is LeBron and Kevin Durant. They never played for the longest time in the same division, but it just happened, Cleveland, Golden State. like They only played each other twice, like you said, Josh. But like the NHL gave them Christmas Day. They gave them the first game. Like so, I just think if I'm the NHL and I'm a smart marketing person, Edmonton, that's- Toronto are gonna have a winner classic coming up. I would give. Them yeah, a classic. very good,
2: very good. But I okay, think-
0: but that's not. I don't think that would be player based. That would be market based because those are your two biggest Canadian. markets. But that's
1: the point. Like that. Like think about it. Lemieux and Gretzky at the time, they were dominant. They're like Gretzky won a bunch of rings in the '80s and the beginning and '90s when Lemieux won those two. So there's constant back and forth in just. I just think if the best players are on the best teams, and it's the same two guys, like it or not, I don't want to say rivalries, but there's gonna be comparisons. You know what I mean? No, I think it's kind yeah. of different.
2: We don't have to spend too much time on. Yeah, this. We,
1: we can move on. I think this is a good uh, conversation. I know.
2: I don't know, Josh, if you have anything to say, but I'll bring it. I'll go right into it with a good transition you made too, Matt. Uh, oh there no, you rumblings.
1: beat me to it. You beat me there
2: to was, it. There was some rumblings that um, the Lake this year's Lake Tahoe Outdoor Classic game was actually supposed to be played in uh, Lake Louise. Yeah. Uh, and they're still planning on having something related to Lake Louise out here in Canada, uh, where that match would probably be that match. That game would probably be uh, the late, the Leafs and the, and the, and the Oilers when you look at it, but I was thinking about it. And I remember when the the Oilers and the jets played line, a McDavid played that one year. And it was just one line. You waited every five minutes to see McDavid and line a play. And there was no depth, but when the Leafs play, I can imagine it. But if, outdoor game in canada was to come around i'd hope that the oilers would be more of a competitive depth team i'm not saying that they only have a front run like they're front loaded right but um let's move along past what's not actually happening and move on to what happened and uh, josh you want to break down the, pos- po- the postponement of the first game on saturday
0: yeah, so I was watching. Uh, I was watching the game, and I missed the first period. And I hadn't checked my phone in a while. I was attending to an injury, so I was. Uh, That's gotta get charge
2: charger. Keep talking.
0: Yeah, so I was. I was dealing with something. And I thought I'll put the game on just while I deal with this, and I put it on, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're at intermission. Oh, we're still in intermission." I'm like, "What the hell's going on? This intermission's been like 20 minutes." So I go and check, and the game had been postponed. And when I paid closer attention to the broadcast, the ice was actually melting. And it turns out the NHL didn't really think about what would happen if the sun was out, I guess. Uh, they were expecting cloud cover. And you know what, I I feel bad for the NHL because the event was so, it was a beautiful event. Like the backdrop, the way it was set up, just the look of the lake and the mountains. And it was a shame they had to postpone the game and delay it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's the way they built the ice and kind of a, an ice technician nerd. Uh, the logos they used on the ice were painted on instead of put on with mesh, and the paint they used attract heat. So the ice over the logos was actually softer than the rest of the ice because the heat was being drawn in by the sun because there was no cloud cover over the sun. So that's why that was happening. And uh, after the first intermit, after the, the first period, the NHL decided that it wasn't safe to play on and they pushed the game to 9 p.m. local, midnight our time. And that's where I went, No, I won't be watching this one. I got work in the morning. I watched a little bit of the one the next day, which was just as good. Uh, Pasternak had a hat trick. He likes to show up in big games like that, and uh, I thought the overall look of the event was good. From an event management standpoint, uh, Brandon and I can relate to this, you maybe should have thought about what would happen if the sun was directly on the arena, and I know the NHL wanted that game to be in daylight, so you could get a full look of the place, but I don't know what you could have done to avoid the ice being soft. Apart yeah, from- you got to give them a little bit of
2: salut of salutations of uh, congratulations that they pulled off mm-hmm. 20 minutes uh, during that daylight. Anyway, yeah, it's kind of fun and unfortunate to see. You know, if you were watching, they also you know had that highlight tape highlight tape of like five guys and the referee all going into ice chips in the middle of the period, mm-hmm. and uh, you could tell that it wasn't really your your your, your 10 out of 10 NHL ice regulations. Or standards, yeah. But, uh, but uh, before uh, I go, to Matt, I'll I'll say my overall point of uh, I mean, we can get to the second game, but on the Saturday it was kind of a little bit of a question mark, right? You have if you're there and your Saturday was around watching the outdoor game, you had a long fucking Saturday, and um, you were waiting all night to finish it uh, if you're a diehard fan. Uh, but luckily the Leafs played for us, and um, it was nice. The shots and the media coverage was great. Uh, some of the photos that was taken were amazing. Uh, the the they they use the right jerseys uh, both teams and um, I feel like the first game could have had more potential to be better than the second game even though the second game got played through and through if that makes sense but um you know I want to hear what you have to say did you watch any of the games Matt
1: yeah I watched both of them um it was cool like I just think like you guys kind of said some of the pictures were amazing like you saw that McAvoy goal and how they had, like, in yeah. the background. Like, I just thought that was so cool. If you haven't saw that, like, I recommend you uh, Googling a photo. But, yeah, like, it was kind of, uh, like, sucks, like, the ice. Like, you did see a lot of people falling, which is not funny because dangerous, but it is kind of funny just because, like, I don't know. No Anyways, one was hurt. Yeah, yeah, no one was hurt, so it's okay. But, Brute, yeah, like, I, I, I just want to give kudos to the NHL. Like, with Corona, they tried something really fun. Like, usually winter classes and outdoor games, they book it years in advance. Mm-hmm. This was... This, they didn't really have that much time to prepare. And just in terms of building and stuff, with Corona, I'm pretty sure they had protocols and stuff. So I don't know if they had as many, like, builders as they normally would. Like, so right. I actually have no idea. So I want, they, I want to say they did a good job. I like the jerseys, like you guys were saying. But the only thing that sucked was um, the Boston-Philly blowout, which, like, you see games like that, you want it to be kind of close. Like, I remember the Leafs outdoor game, the Bozat shootout winner when Matthew scored that overtime goal, like usually you want it to be close and eventful, which um, it wasn't. So uh, that kind of sucks. But overall, I would say the NHL did a good job. This is good growing the game, thinking outside of the box. And uh, I definitely think they should do like uh, something kind of similar. Yeah. So it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, I think what made it as well, they said it was a fanless event, but you had those people pulling up on the boats and on their paddle boards. And that Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool. It made for a cool, uh, a, a nice overall picture of kind of when the nhl said they're in a, a little bit of a dark spot but this year it just was something different to look at and it's something they can definitely explore into the future um and i think we can pull out of this my favorite thing that came out of this to be honest was the memes coming out of it about gary Bettman versus the sun so that was a uh, my favorite one was breaking news gary new Bettman discovers that's the, sun the new is rivalry.
2: that's the new yeah, that's
0: the new that's the no, that's the Sid Ovechkin of this year. Gary yeah. Batman versus the Sun. Uh, yeah, yeah. on to some less fun
1: news. Wait, like, I gotta say something quick. Yeah. Just the one person I want to give shit to is Alex Petrangelo. Cause I don't know if you saw, but McKinnon was coming in on him. And like, I'm not joking. I think guy, maybe maybe not physically, but mentally, this guy gave up. Like I've never oh, seen did anything Did like you No, no, did he you he was like, oh no. It's like, bro, what?
0: Did you did you hear he was mic'd up? Did you hear what he said? Yeah, he was like, "Oh boy!" Like <laughs> he was like, like, "Oh boy!" First of all, <laughs> like he could just blew by him.
1: He, he had a chance, though, Josh. Don't you think? Like, Gapitoli yeah, people could have stepped up a little more. He didn't even bend his knees, I and mean, he's like, "I just thought that was so funny." Yeah, but like, I saw yeah. the replay,
0: and I thought it. I thought someone. I saw it on Twitter. I thought someone added the "oh boy." I was like, "Oh, that's funny." And I saw it on TSN. I'm like, "Wait, what?" He actually said that. So, yeah,
2: that was an interesting little click. I like that, you know, something like a soundbite like that gets out. And uh, it, it's not just for hockey fans. It's for athletes everywhere. You know, you've always had a defender, whether it's in basketball or a player you match up against in football, where you kind of know their skills and you're not always happy to go against it. And McKinnon's one of the fastest players in the league. And if you saw that video, he just used Patangelo as a screen shot right through him. It was a beautiful goal, but sure. um, we can move right along. We've talked a lot of hockey. What were you going to say, Josh?
0: Uh, we're going to talk some more hockey. Uh, Matt, give us a really quick rundown of what happened in Arizona.
1: Oh, oh, it's okay. Um, it should be kind of tough to do it quickly. But, uh, yeah, so basically Arizona, they're kind of very mismanaged. They've kind of been mismanaged for a long time. They had a new ownership group who we all had high expectations for. They were saying all the right stuff. And um, I think I want to do believe he is of Mexican descent. So they have a lot of um, – Mexican people down in Arizona. So he did a lot of outreach programs and he's trying to build a buzz. But it came out that they're mean to their sponsors. And he basically treats the Arizona Coyotes like a, like a business. So he's really cheap. Like I heard he was trying to get the napkins price low, which is weird. And like you fly to every NHL game and like he didn't want to pay the pilot people or the people who did, like he's just very late and he just kind of comes across as cheap. And makes a lot of things harder that doesn't really need to be harder he was kind of mean to some employees there are some accusations that i don't really want to get into because it's allegedly you have had alleged workplace behavior that's been inappropriate whether that's verbal um and some other stuff you don't have to talk to but basically shout out to katie katie strang was it josh or yeah, I'm sorry Katie strang yeah.
0: from the athletic did
1: go she, read the article
0: yeah she, yeah, she worked on this article for like four or five months yeah. um yeah this actually started
1: because um Sorry, but she this started July 1st, which wasn't actually on July 1st, but basically every player gets the signing bonus on one day. And the Coyotes, like they are cheap, but they do have big contracts. And Oliver Ekman Larson, I think, uh, Nick Schmaltz and um, a few, uh, Jacob Chicker and a few other guys signed extension. Their signing bonus was late that day. So that started the uh, investigation. So she's been doing it and she got a lot of employees. And the only thing that I was really upset about was, um, Armstrong, I don't know if it's Doug or Bill. There's so many Armstrongs, I feel like. But their GM was actually kind of – did a phone call, and he was kind of rude to her, just saying, oh, how did you get this information? And just saying all these rude stuff. So I just think the Mitchell Miller situation, there's just so much bad things in Arizona. Like, you don't have to give them that much uh, time. But I just think it's truly awful, and I think the fans of the Coyotes deserve better.
0: Yeah, and um, it's a good article. I suggest you to read it. And it'll kind of we'll kind of talk about it a little bit more in our debate section. Uh, Panarin is kind of going through something scary, and um, be careful guys. now. Yeah, hang on. So, sorry guys, we just got a comment on something here. Uh, Brandon and I are just checking our phones because Tiger Woods has been hospitalized after a car crash. He's in emergency surgery right now, so we'll just keep you updated as we find out so if you keep see me poking my head down yeah, that's what we're, doing. we're having
2: tiger woods in our prayers right now for sure if regardless of association with yeah. the guy or not he's one of the greatest athletes of all time and if during this show unfortunately there is some some crazy news that's been broken and yeah. tiger woods has in fact uh had some injuries on his leg that's that's had it's crazy i don't want to talk about it too much but uh if we know anything else about tiger woods, you know, it's, he wanted to play in the masters. And so this is kind of a, it's a scary morning to happen at seven 30 something this morning. So a rough day, hopefully for, you know, hopefully not too rough of a day for golf fans. If we can find out some positive news about tiger woods later, but, yeah, um,
0: so we'll, we'll keep you updated as we can, but let's move on to our Temi Panarin. Yeah.
2: Uh, because, and I was going to say, everyone watch their mouth
0: now. Yeah. So, um, I don't need to watch my mouth. I'm not Russian, So, uh, he has... There's a, there's a huge political battle going on in Russia right now between Putin and some competition. Navalny. Now, yes. Now, as we know in Russia, um, Putin doesn't like to give up his power because allegedly he
1: never, he never has. Dude, All thinking, speaking in allegedly's.
0: I hope Putin listens to this podcast. Josh, once. we might have
1: to go to Russia one day. What if we have to cover, like, the World Juniors or something? You better yeah, watch your mouth. I'll, I'll do it on Zoom. So, uh, <laughs> but,
0: but then... So he uh, Panarin has spoken out in support of Putin's opposition. Mabelni. Uh, and thank you, Matt. And this was this was like a couple months ago now, right? Yeah, correct. And he's you know he's kept speaking up about it. And so with a couple other NHL players, and then an article breaks yesterday that Panarin in 2011 beat up an 18-year-old girl in a hotel. And everybody was instantly honest saying, okay, yeah, here's the connection to the Russian government. Here's what happened. And they reached out to the hotel who said, no, nothing like this has happened. Um, Panarin has taken a leave of absence from the Rangers team, not because he has admitted that he's done it. Um, he is standing by the fact that this is all fabricated and an attack from the Russian government, but because he's scared for his family. And he's, he's st- still in the States, but he's taking care of his family from, uh, I believe he's still in New York. So it's just kind of a scary situation that when you take it outside of sports, it's like, Holy shit. Like, this is how much, you know, these players get involved in stuff like this. And I, I, I don't really quite know what to say about it because it's a, it's a crazy story that you, I would never expect anything like this to come out of the NHL. I really want to
2: touch on it personally.
0: Here we are today. Right. Like it's, it's just a, a, a bizarre situation. I hope it gets resolved. Um, because he's a great hockey like, player and that's where yeah. and that's his
2: job right now and he should be playing hockey and he should be worried about the new york rangers and uh it, yeah i don't know what else to say
0: it seems like the sole reason for this there's been some deep dives it's like the sole reason for this happening is so that they can keep him off the olympic russian the russian olympic team which won't even be called team russia at the olympics right so, so we'll see where this goes um it looks like he, him, and his family aren't going to be okay. They're all in the states, I believe now. So, let's uh, let's hope everything works works out there, and we find out the actual story of what happened.
2: We can see him back on the ice sometime soon.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure.
2: But uh, all right, Matt? NBA. Are we going to move on to a little bit of a different sport here, or what do we got going?
1: Yeah, we'll talk about the NBA, and then we're we'll ended with Matt's debates, and then we're uh, good to go, boys. So, uh, Josh, you want to touch on the NBA? yeah just
0: quickly uh the raptors they're kind of on a hot streak right now were they on a four game win streak at the moment they've won they're now at 500 um
2: they're just at one game above 500 actually one today.
0: game above 500 now they're heating up and i heard a fun conversation on tsn 1050 overdrive at 4 to seven thirty with hayes odog and noodles well I'm there for them not that they need it uh are the raptors Sorry, let me reword that. Should the Raptors be scared of anybody in the East in a play in a seven game playoff series? Because I've I'm under the impression that most people are like, no, we shouldn't be scared. We can compete with anybody here. What do you think?
2: Yeah, Matt, let me go first. Cause you always have a great opinion on basketball for sure. So I'm not saying mine's worse, but uh, in terms of the East, it's a very tough conference right now, but the good news is for the Raptors is that on their recent streak, they beat the top team and that was the 76ers. Um, the Brooklyn nets are kind of injury plagued right now, but they're still doing their thing and they're 11 and two. I saw against teams above 500. They're doing really good against the competitive you know, side of the league uh, for the Raptors. It sucks that they had to have, you know, 15 losses stamped next to their record right now because they had such a slow start to the year. But uh, you know, to my, I mean, I said that they were going to roll, roll on a pretty bad wagon this year and they've, and they've really turned it around. Uh, a part of that is uh, the success of their whole coaching staff Um, we can move on to how one of the best offensive minds on that bench is now gone and how that will affect the Raptors. Um, But in terms of where they are at right now, they're in a steady, you know, fifth playoff position where they would be playing, you know, not home court, but they're behind a couple teams where it's like two or three games and it's, you know, it's early right now. Uh, Hopefully they they seem to be finding their stride and uh, they've been making some rumblings hopefully in the news for a trade deadline you know maneuver if you will so hopefully we can get some help Uh, that Drummond news died down a long time ago hopefully something's happening because we don't have really of a competitive center Uh, and I don't know if you noticed this but the Raptors are 14 and 0 without Kyle Lowry or something like that so 16 and 0 there's a real odd stat going around about how Kyle Lowry sold his house in Toronto there's a bunch of things going around on what we could get for Kyle Lowry so uh, with that being said Matt where are you taking us
1: yeah, so Kyle Lowry is a free agent after this year. So, like, I would expect him to leave just because where it's going. But, yeah, Brandon, you're right. We definitely need a big man. And I know we're from Toronto and we have to talk about Toronto. But, like, no offense to the Raptors, but when you look at this conference, like, maybe they are beat uh, Indianapolis because right now it's four against five and we could yeah, probably beat them. Indiana. Just,
0: Indiana. Oh,
1: sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was, I was, just, about to, I was yeah. just
0: about to ask you that. Could they take on Indiana?
1: Yeah, we can take them on. But that's not the point. I just think you have – Ben Simmons, Giannis, and Brooklyn just beat the Lakers with LeBron playing. So I I just think, like, no matter how what the Raptors do, they get a big man. Like, we might make it over the first round, but like, Raptors fans should not have a lot of hope.
2: No, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, if you're a Raptor, yeah, I know, I know
1: that's like really like you're listening to Matt, you're kind of let
2: down right now, but yeah, sorry uh, about that. The hope. I say is found in this recent streak and the fact that they've galvanized themselves from second in the second last in the league to uh, affordable, comfortable playoff position. Um, uh, there's a lot of news in the NBA. We could go on forever uh, on external Raptors news, but uh, one thing that just leads outside of the Raptors Hang is on one um,
0: second. Are the Cavaliers, I just saw. Are the Cavs Oh, and 10 in their last 10?
2: I wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I just saw that on the NBA website. Like, wow. Okay, So, so are,
2: mm-hmm. you guys, Minnesota Timberwolves have fired their most recent head coach. I for, uh, Chris Finch is the name of the Raptors individual who's coming in now from the assistant position in Toronto, taking like, over the head role in Minnesota.
0: More like Chris um, Finch. Sorry? More like Chris Firedinch. He's fired.
2: Chris Finch was.
0: Who was fired? Who's fired? You said Chris Finch was fired.
2: No, no, no. I, he I, was I, fired. I, oh, yeah. my bad. No, no, no. I, I, I was looking for the name of the, uh, of the, of the Minnesota coach. guy who got fired,
1: but we don't know. Chris Finch is the
2: name of the Raptors coach who's coming yeah. over. Chris Finch has not been fired. He's actually been hired to coach the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know the name of the individual who was fired from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It doesn't matter. I went wrong. And uh, it's not important to us. Yes, that's correct. But uh, what is important is to notice the effect of what could happen. Because I heard that coming in, this was one of the most effective offensive minds on the Raptors bench. And he was actually uh, implementing, 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 implementing a bunch of the uh zones offensive strategies tactics x's and o's so
1: um
2: i'm not really too interested on anything outside of the raptors organization and basketball right now what do you got
1: Uh, i I think it's time for match debates i just want to
0: say the the raptors i think they knew what they were doing um they played minnesota twice before this guy was fired uh hired and um yeah it seemed like it was a move that was going to happen and
2: interesting to note that this move came hours after and maybe the morning after the timberwolves lost to the new york knicks and so apparently that is a is a, is a cutoff point for teams but the new york knicks are actually within a, a seven to, they're within a playoff hunt right now they're in that spot where they would be in that wild card tournament or whatever but uh that is something that broke is that that was the last straw that they lost the knicks but uh, they have a crazy roster right they got the first overall i mean a first overall pick just ruined one of our Raptors the other night in one of the biggest posters of the year. But, um, they have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. So we'll see what kind of happens with, uh, if you follow that coach, Chris Finch from the Raptors.
0: I got a a quick question for you before we move on. I'm not too big of an NBA guy. I know enough to have a conversation. I think are, are the Knicks the red wings of the NBA?
2: That's a great question. So, the Currently, sitting, are like I would the say that the, oh, okay. since since the what did you say?
1: I said they're like the Sabres, because like when you look at the Knicks, Josh, this hasn't been like three or four. That's very good. They've been
2: that's bad for the
1: last like 20. Like okay. it's like major. So like I'm trying to give you a good comparison, like maybe no, Edmonton, is a good one. But maybe Edmonton was no McDavid ever. And instead of picking first overall, they picked seventh overall for the last like 30 years and okay. a bad owner. So I don't, I've never seen anything like the Knicks. I just like, always hear I always hear bad, bad talk stuff. about the Knicks. Yeah. So it's
2: bad the, Knicks stuff. the Knicks are a funny story. When you say Detroit, you know, Detroit is still in the bottom of the league. So over the last centuries of whatever, the New York Knicks have been one of the laughingstocks, organizational and skill-wise, uh, except I can't knock when Carmelo Anthony came and all that skill. Yeah. That was a great run. However, that didn't get them a ring or a title. But, you know, the last couple few years have been uh, a lot of people banging on their picks like rj um some people didn't even know who Christopher porzingis was back when they drafted him and now yeah, so uh the new york knicks is a franchise where uh a lot of their problems have actually stemmed from players not wanting to join the the management and uh they had a guy named dolan or something like that and i don't know James if he's still, he's still there and, he's
1: still the yeah, and, he,
2: and he's not and yeah he's not a very positive
1: What's face your i guess. last name right yeah josh I'll, oh, uh, I'll talk about the knicks for like two seconds it's actually hilarious so, like Brandon said, they had Porzingis, who was their literally only good player, right? But, like, in the NBA, you can only give out a certain number of, like, max contracts back then. Like, they changed it now. So, they thought they were going to get Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan. They thought they were going to get all three of them, right?
2: This is when uh, they were deciding to choose between Brooklyn.
1: Porzingis well, so. and them, um, yeah. So, they traded Porzingis to open up all the slots. And instead of getting those three, they went to their biggest rival. So just imagine, like you think you're gonna get McDavid, so you trade Marner for the cap space as McDavid joins Montreal. Like that's literally what happened. Like it's so embarrassing. So yeah, Yeah. we can go on to Matt's debates because, like, let's do it. The Knicks are kind of embarrassing. So we haven't done this in a while. We have lots of debate questions. We've actually, I think, we touched on all three of them briefly during the podcast. Let's let's
0: try let's try and keep them short. We're running long here.
1: Not really, but anyways, okay, yeah.
2: So. We're, we're coming we're coming to the fan with something that they can put on a car ride to walmart eh, if the walmart's three towns away
1: go to the closer walmart yeah okay <laughs> anyways yeah so i have three questions the first one we talked about the arizona coyote shout out katie again go uh, look at the article in the athletic they have not been good so the question literally is should the coyotes leave arizona
0: i'll start this because uh, i don't know where brandon went but sorry right, there I'm, he is
1: oh keep going okay Uh, i'll start this uh
0: should the coyotes leave arizona uh i'm gonna go with yes i think they should while also acquiring new ownership on the way out uh Mm. so this is kind of a two-headed monster here uh the coyotes let's start with the ownership it it's been a mess since what 2015 now um they don't get fans in the building nobody knows where the building is they don't even play in arizona they play like 45 minutes from downtown arizona and they've they've been struggling for a while now they can't seem to get people into the building and interested in the team it's it's not a hockey city so if you're able to bring it to a new city like let's say i'm not gonna name a city but just ones like quebec or maybe hartford maybe um like houston even hamilton you'll get an Uh interested fan base and uh, you'll get people who want to be in the building. But on the way out, you need to get rid of the main problem, which is the ownership. So you're going to need to sell the team to somebody who wants to move it. And I think that's something the NHL needs to look at. Um, It's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen while the pandemic's still around because there's no money for that stuff. But I think it will happen eventually. If I was to put a year on it, I think you're looking at by like 2026 that the Arizona Coyotes might become
1: the Hamilton, Arizona Bulldogs or something. I don't know.
2: What's the question, Matt?
1: Should the Arizona, should the Coyotes leave Arizona?
2: Right. So that's, the, that's where Josh comes in and says that, I mean, if the management had it their way, I'm sure they maybe wouldn't want to move the current management, right? Current management Arizona. wouldn't
0: want to move. That's why. Right. Sa- that's why. I-
2: so uh, the problem is here with the Arizona Coyotes, especially after that article that came out is the management and how things are run on an operational level. And that always trickles down, especially to the chemistry and the fans see that, And, uh, that's, what's been happening right now is that they just can't draw a reasonable revenue amount of money to keep a sustainable team here. Um, they have some decent players that would draw, you know, attention from a market, like maybe up here in Canada, where Canadians care a lot about hockey, um, in terms of Houston, uh, I mean, my que- I guess the question is, should they relocate? I do believe that they should relocate for the betterment of the NHL and moving forward for uh, branding. I think there's a lot of people that are really upset that teams got discontinued, like the um, Quebec Nordiques and... Um, Hartford Hart, Hartford or whatever. The California
0: Whalers, Golden what Seals
2: and, and and even California could 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 potentially take in another hockey team. Obama but could um could
0: add three more teams maybe. Five. Right. That's so dying I my that, Golden Seals going going off on. of what I said once. Sorry, that was
2: funny. I didn't see that. Question. Canadians generally I don't know if they have more of a passion for hockey, but if you can compare any city that would be allowed to host a team an NHL team compared to Arizona, I think yeah, I, almost, I think a team down to like uh a, a, sorry a city down to like Stratford Ontario would be more compa- would be more passionate about people would for
1: it no dude yeah. you know what the problem is though like, I'm not I saying know...
2: that it's going to be located in Stratford yeah, I'm just I know, saying I know, Canadian know, culture of coffee I mean, let me will just, get to your car I
1: just think we need to we want to grow the game correct so why the fuck would putting another team in Canada do that people in Canada already like it I think you need to go to big places big American cities where we don't have teams yet like Houston because I think, I, I actually wrote down, Houston's the fifth largest city in terms of population. And it's in Texas where they only have one team. So I just think you get a team in Houston, it will be huge. There's a lot of money in Houston, international travel. It's a very nice place to visit. So I think Houston's good because you need to build it down south. Like you look at the border, like I saw a map of like where all the teams are placed. There's not a lot of teams in the Midwest, so a lot of people say Kansas City because you see what's happening with the Chiefs. Kansas City wants a hockey team. I heard they have a stadium, which is pretty cool, and Houston. So I don't think we should go to Quebec or another team in the Ontario GTA. So I would personally move it to Houston. And just going to, like, Ottawa, Arizona, Florida, why do all these teams build their buildings where people can't get to? Like, I don't understand. Cheap land. No, but don't you think that's a problem? Like, why do they build the rinks there? Like, I don't get it. It's cheap land.
0: Yeah. But like a lot
1: of money. If you're going to invest in a hockey team and build a building, you're going to want to use it for the next like what? Forever, like 100 years. So no, like no, why no, would No, it...
0: no, those no. those buildings have what? Like a 25-year lifespan.
1: No, but I'm saying the goal when you're building an arena like that, a hockey rink you could use it for concerts, like whatever you want, yeah. is for it to become like the next Madison Square Garden or the next Staples Center. Or you look at what we had with the Scotiabank Arena and stuff. So like, I don't understand why these teams invest so poorly in their plan. Because if if it's not a good market to begin with, like Arizona is, you putting the building in a bad location is so bad. And I actually read an article about Vegas and Seattle that it took them a little longer to get teams there because they wanted the buildings in prime locations. So I just think a lot of that's buildings. And when we look at the GTA, this is kind of always a fun debate to get into, but people say, get one in Hamilton, get one in there. It's like, I I don't like there'd be so much of a second fiddle to the Leafs. Like, I don't see the point. So Josh, can you explain? Like, I don't really, maybe I I don't just get it. Like you could take it away.
0: I think Hamilton's far enough away from Toronto where they wouldn't be the second fiddle.
1: yeah, they would though.
0: I I like, don't th- I don't think they would, and even if they were the second fiddle, they'd be a huge second fiddle, right? Like that people would go like you're if you build out in Hamilton, you're getting people driving in from London. You're gonna get people who drive in from Milton. You're gonna get but people dude, who the driving problem is
1: that's not enough. Like you look at yes, all it the is. cities. No, it is. You look at all the cities that are big Canadian teams. It's Toronto, Montreal. It's places that are known internationally where people Hamilton go. Hamilton has
0: a Hamilton has a bigger population than Winnipeg.
1: No, but Winnipeg is different because it's in a province by itself. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Hamilton's so, like, if you, No, but Hamilton's in the same province as Toronto, which is what I'm saying. So is Ottawa. No one visits Hamilton. But Ottawa's the capital, no. so you have a lot of government okay, functions no, 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 and no. stuff. Uh, people do. But, be, like, they host no the one guys. visits Hamilton, Josh. Don't lie.
0: They do. They do. No, they don't. You yeah, saw... for the tie cats and stuff. Okay,
2: Not as that much is... as they would visit Toronto, but no one fucking visits Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, it's true. If Winnick no, can I'm house saying, a team, Hamilton can definitely house a team. Like you but people I'm visit
2: saying, Hamilton over Ottawa on a that's not true. moment's notice just due to the location. It's close to Toronto. It's close to the border in Buffalo. It's close yeah. to like a bunch of these metropolis cities like Windsor even, Brantford, Brampton. Sure, that's near Toronto. But there's a lot of people looking for Niagara Falls, St. Catharines, Grimsby. They could associate with a team in Hamilton 100%.
1: You're also Dude, looking no, at... No, like, you can't. It's, it's an it's, NHL team, though. It's different than it's, just having an OHL not, team. It's it not. It is. Because the, the fans you're talking the, billions and you're talking millions. It's different. What do you mean billions? Like, the, the you have a billion-dollar billion dollar competitor, an international brand like the Toronto Maple Leafs. You can't just build a sideshow... 100 miles away or whatever it be like you don't know try to say and it,
0: would, it would take time for the Hamilton team to get to get. No, but home. I'm just
1: saying why would you relocate that time when you already have things that are sure thing like because, Houston like Arizona like there's I, not enough I,
0: I, I would argue that Hamilton or another place in Canada is a better lock for success than those places
1: are but that's so biased like you really think people are going to want to be free agents to sign in Hamilton over Houston oh my fuck yeah because you can I, live I in Toronto dude but you wouldn't live in Toronto yeah you would No, you wouldn't.
2: Okay, next next debate question. Okay,
1: next debate question, because Josh is wrong. No, I would not. Next debate question. So, wait, what'd you say? No, don't worry about it. Okay, yeah. So I thought. Okay, (laughs) anyways, so the Buffalo Sabers have been struggling since two thousand and probably fifteen. They should relocate to Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, you're very funny. But anyways, so Jack Eichel has been frustrated again which is kind of funny. So they're sitting at the bottom of the division. They're 5-8-2, and two, and a lot of people are saying Jack Eichel might look for a trade in the offseason. Elliot Friedman wrote about it. That I saw it in the New oh, York yeah. Times and the two teams that are being discussed for the New York Rangers and Los Angeles Kings. So the question is, will Jack Eichel get traded? And is it best for Buffalo? Take the you question go, wherever gosh. you want. What do you think about Jack Eichel?
2: Let me what? go. Let me go. I would say, based off of what you provided there, Matt, LA would be a great option because they need someone who can carry uh, a franchise. A, a mature. I can't say the torch from a young nature, but he's a young, mature individual. He'll be 24, 25, or whatever when he starts getting into his prime outside of Buffalo. But um, I don't think that I see anything successful for him in terms of team success in Buffalo. Uh, with the Rangers, it's kind of a it, it, it's a crazy situation because. I feel like there's almost not enough puck to share when you get to the Rangers and you get Eichel and you'd have to give up someone like formidable. I don't know if that's Zibanejad, Kako, you know, who knows? Lafrenier, I'm just talking. And yeah, I just some of those like, people, yeah. and I feel like you're not giving that, that team is really close to being really close. I would say the Rangers already. Uh, sure. I think, I mean, I could think all the teams on the coast, LA, San Jose, Anaheim could all make good cases for a guy like Jack Eichel.
0: Yeah, I think I don't think Eichel's the guy to move in Buffalo. I think Taylor Hall's the first one to go because he's but only on—hang on—because he's only on a one-year deal, and um, both of them will go. Fuck it.
1: it. That's what I said.
0: Yeah, Eichel's locked up for what? Five more years? A long time. Buffalo's going to want to keep him. They won't trade him unless he asks out, which he hasn't done yet. So I don't think that's even on their mind to trade him. I think um, Taylor Hall is the one that leaves. He's going to, the trade deadline's in seven weeks. He'll definitely won't be a saver anymore because they're going to want to get something back for him because there's no way he's re-signing there. So I don't think Eichel's going anywhere right now. Um, If he was to get traded, I think you're looking at maybe a team like Montreal or uh, maybe Arizona.
1: Yeah, sorry. I, I should have added more context. This is actually kind of important. The reason this is rumbling, because after this year, he has one more season left and then there's no move kicks in. So a lot of the destinations, you wouldn't have as much of, um like, traction, because he could basically say, I'm only waving to go to this team. He's so in, the, He's
0: in Buffalo. The only place he wouldn't want to be traded to is Winnipeg.
1: That's true. But you know what I'm trying to say, Josh? It yeah. does limit your, your chances. Maybe, I think it's not him saying, I won't go here. It's more send me like, you know what I mean? Like when some athletes say, just send me there. So what I was thinking from Buffalo, you don't have a lot of things going for you. And I was looking at their UFAs. They're like Eric Stahl, there were Jake McCabe, which is one, but he just got hurt for the whole season. Colin Miller. So that like, was I don't really...
2: We really... were just talking about... Sorry, sorry, Matt. We were talking yeah. about this Jake McCabe injury over some Call of Duty, and it sounded like Jake McCabe broke his entire body in one play, and it's very unfortunate because yeah, he, he suffered a, a lot of injuries right there, and that's not something that you want to... you know, a, hockey, a young hockey player wants to see.
0: Dirty player, though. Yeah, he's a dirty
2: player. He's the guy that ruined line A. I do actually remember that. He, uh, he kind of... Anyway... Matt, sorry, I interrupted you.
1: No, that's right. I actually wanted Jake McCabe and the Leafs just to get another dirty, dirty like a dirty hockey player. Him and Bogosian would be fun. Yeah. Do you but have anyways. Any for us? Oh. No, yeah. Just finishing on the Buffalo, I would just use Eichel and Hall to build around Dylan Cousins. Uh, who, do they, who do they just think? Oh, yeah. Darlene and Jack Casey Quinn. Middlestat. Middlestat. So I would look at that core and I would trade Eichel and Hall to get more stuff for that core. So that's what I personally would do. So I would say I would want to trade Jack Eichel. Sabres
2: Uh, fans would be uh, through the wall. It's kind of like that. uh, It's kind of like a little bit similar to having if, if Jack Eichel said trust the process and then all of a sudden he got traded. It was like, okay, I feel bad for the fans that were trusting that process because now they have to go through a whole new one. Well,
1: they need. They're going to go through a new process regardless. No offense to the hundred.
2: I, I, I agree. I I don't know. I don't feel like it's it's fair to be. I would say it's just wasting Jack Eichel's career at this exactly.
1: point. Exactly. So, but, but if I, you guys were Jack Eichel, what is your top three teams? I'll start. I would say maybe like uh, I'll go Tampa, Vegas, LA, and maybe New York. So those are my three. Tampa,
2: and Vegas are every destination. For that, that's that's why I'm
1: saying. I just think they, it's such a nice place to live. So Josh, if you had to name a couple teams, what teams would you say? Am I taking the Jack-
0: cap, Am I taking the cap into consideration or no? Just No, yeah, you you're Jack Eichel. You're like, Jack
1: you couldn't Eichel. go in and
2: fit in Toronto, let's say.
1: No, but I'm just saying you're Jack Eichel, you're no move kicked in, they ask you for your three team list. Your top 3 teams, you're thinking about you're going, winning you're going going for money. whatever. are
2: going for money and a better team than Buffalo.
1: All right. Well, you're I would just, want to go I'd want to go
0: to Toronto. I'd want to go to Vegas and I'd want to go to uh,
1: Yeah, probably LA. Brandon, your thoughts. I,
2: I, so I like the three Carol, the three Carolina the th- Carolina could be a good option well wow. okay. but I like the three <laughs> I like the three California options so far Me too. Uh, however if you think about it uh, him a, a player –
0: him and Trevor Zagrass would be would safe together by coming out of the US program
2: in Montreal I can see that happening in Montreal but that's to that's to something that Mark no, Berzden, I can see that. Uh, it's like something maybe. that you have to see through Montreal has the aspects and by the time aspects the prospects says, and by yeah. the time uh this this could be ready to happen by the end of the start of end of the season start of next season over the summer uh those players will have a season under their belt with some probably good statistics in this Canadian division like Suzuki uh you have a guy who's not even being played have you guys remember Ryan Palin that guy had a lot of promise He and he and and I saw that live but uh, they have uh
1: they have pieces. You're right. Romanov, Caulfield. Yeah, exactly. Romanov
2: as well. Uh, and, and he'll have some ready, some veteran players to move as well that are a little bit too expensive. But that's just me. I think that he could land up in Montreal. He could very well end up uh, on San Jose or L.A. as well. Anaheim would be great. Happy to see Trevor Zegers not bored playing hockey anymore. So he's up with the with the NHL team for now.
1: Yeah.
2: And the last question.
1: Sorry,
0: we got a little bit of breaking news. Uh, Elliot Friedman is reporting that Toronto has inquired about
1: Taylor Hall. Woo! Okay, so uh, this is a tease, a and we're going to talk about that next show. Okay. So, just to recap on When I think Taylor we'll, Hall
0: is a leaf. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I, I think <laughs> it's we all be a agree. Price to pay.
1: I think we all agree for the Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, if you ship him out, you're a Buffalo, you try to get as much young prospects. That's 10 million a year. First round picks, what?
2: Isn't isn't Hall nine or ten million this year?
1: Hall makes eight million, but the thought is Buffalo's gonna retain half. So you yeah. get Taylor Hall for just four million. And if you're Leafs, let's go, let's if, go. If let's you go you're for the a Leafs, for a deep you Hall a, if you're the Leafs, you send a contract back like Kerfa. But, anyways, the last question, and this isn't really a question, it's more of a topic situation. Is Sidney Crosby got his one thousandth game, and I think McDavid got his five hundredth game or 500th point question? or oh, something. Okay, so, so it's kind happened- of all everything. Yeah. So so anyway, what happened
0: was Crosby played his 1,000th game and McDavid hit his 500th point on the same game that Crosby hit his 500th point. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: you have a lot of people comparing legacies, all that stuff. Sure. And then Cassie Campbell tweeted, who I actually like her. She does really good stuff for Sportsnet. Tweeted, Austin Matthews is a better complete player than Connor McDavid. And I think you guys kind of – you didn't talk about it, but you alluded to – Matthews has a shot that McDavid doesn't. So we kind of talked about this already. Yeah, I remember is,
2: we went on that? That was months yeah, ago. Yeah, McDavid doesn't
1: shoot. No, but, but the question uh, is is Matthews better than McDavid? is McDavid going to have a better career than Crosby? Right. So start with just this. all of that, uh, Brandon, you go first. What do you think of all that? In terms of
2: points and overall legacy, I think that there's no one who's impacted the creativeness,
1: creativeness
2: cre- the creativeness of the game of hockey. And you see moves and you see changes of speed that McDavid does right now that impacts the way that little kids and professionals even train. And so I think that that's a huge impact enough. In terms of overall game, uh, both magnificent skilled players. McDavid is more of a pass-first guy. He's been learning to do the shoot first. I can give him that credit. But Matthews has been a scorer first and a pass second, and the passes are very, very uh... Deceptive. deceptive they're good passes he always makes them look like he's are shooting uh but in terms of this overall play i remember like two years ago even as a rookie year this guy's been getting selkie nominations uh, maybe not even nominations but just conversations talk talk and talk i think that his, his overall defensive game in the zone sure he's maybe not the most quick-footed there's no way his, his agility compares to mcdavid uh, he has great sense i think that i've never heard mcdavid involved in a selkie as much as uh Matthews has been since he came into the league uh sure Mcdavid blows him out of the water with points overall since he's entered the league but uh Matthews has had some injury cutoffs I think that when it's all said and done it might come down to who has a ring and who doesn't or who has the most rings Josh
1: what do you think
0: I think I don't think you can say one player is better than the other I think yes, David I don't think you can
2: because it's the, the defensive player offensive yeah, player yeah, of the yeah.
0: Year?
1: So he's like defensive player, yeah. It's supposed to be offensive,
2: defensive player of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh continue. No, yeah.
0: It, it's more of a two-way player award. Right. Yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But um, it's like McDavid does things that no other hockey player can do, but so does Matthews. Like, who goes on an 18 for 18 goal scoring streak? And yeah. it, it seems like Matthews is constantly evolving, always adding new things to his arsenal, and McDavid just keeps improving on what he has. So he's making his tools better. Like he he just seems to come back and look faster, look sharper on his turns. Yeah, and like we said, if McDavid can develop a shot like Matthews does, which he might've been trying to do this off season because they were working together. Um, then yeah, that conversation could probably heat up that McDavid is the better scorer. But right now I would say McDavid is the better overall skill wise guy, but when it comes to scoring, I don't think anybody's touching Matthews at the moment.
1: Goal scoring. You mean, just scoring, quick, yeah. points. Okay, not yeah. just
0: point, no goal scoring. So just kind of what I
1: think, I think, um, This is going to be a hot take, but I think when you – it's kind of hard because I think if you put Matthews in McDavid's situation, he wouldn't excel as much as he is in Toronto because of Marner, Nylander, Tavares, and all the weapons we got. But I think when it's all said and done, maybe not from a skills perspective, but I think Austin Matthews is going to have a better career than Connor McDavid. Oh, so do because he's going to score more goals. Exactly. Not even that. I just think he's in a better position to win. I said that because he, I think he had the better me, chance of a, of a yeah, ring as well. Yeah, yeah. Just and me, and I also think day. something Matthews did that's a lot smarter is he didn't lock himself in any situation. Like you saw Connor McDavid take an eight-year contract, which I think he'll be 21 to 29. He has yeah. a contract with Edmonton. So that's like the majority of your prime. That's eight years to win a ring plus the three on uh, your entry level. So I think Matthews is smarter with the five-year contract. I think it's better. You maximize your value, but just to kind of throw Crosby in there. And from a skills perspective, Crosby's backhand is disgusting. You see Crosby winning face-offs, his hand, eye, his passing. So, so I know we, we talk about Crosby, What? no, cause this is how we started. Cause it's okay, like yeah, a thousand game and stuff. So my point just when you're comparing legacies, as good as McDavid and Matthews are, Crosby is like a combination of both of them, which is even kind of crazy when you think about it, when you look at the gold medals and the rings. I think when Crosby was their age, he already had a gold medal, the golden goal, a Stanley Cup, and two MVPs. So I don't really think there's a comparison when you look at that perspective. So, well, but, well, it's true. Well,
0: he's been in the league
1: longer. No, I said at the same age as them. No, he he's didn't. Had all uh, the things. golden
0: goal wasn't when he was 24.
1: Yeah, it was. he was younger, Josh. It was 2010. He came in the league in 05. He was 18 in 05. He was 23 when he scored the golden goal and he won the cup the oh, year before. I,
0: sorry, for some reason there, I had a blank moment where I thought the golden goal was in 2014.
1: It happens. Yeah. But anyway, so basically, I just think it's kind of cool the comparisons. But I would have a hot take and say Austin Matthews is more complete than Connor McDavid. But McDavid gets so much more points that doesn't really matter. But this year's MVP should be and will be Austin Matthews.
0: Yeah, I think so too um let's wrap it up i don't know if brandon will join us for that since he's turned his
2: sorry these elementary school parents think that my house driveway is a parking spot for the school nearby and i had to yell out the window that this is not if you want to next time it's twenty dollars
1: anyway who's winning the mvp this year matthews or mcdavid brandon uh wow taylor hall
2: they would have to relate it back to okay they can't relate it it's taylor hall but a, a combination of points, I don't see McDavid not getting more points. I, I, I see I see Matthews getting 45 goals plus and I think goals will be more important. Hopefully they use that as the determining factor.
0: Would you Gosh, be upset? would you be upset Matthews if, Matthews, if, Matthews. Would, would you be upset if Matthews won the rocket but McDavid won the MVP?
1: I'd be pissed. Oh, all right. I just think if you score 18- well you can't have
2: them. Oh, wait. Did McDavid have them both last year or was that dry? McDavid's
1: never won a rocket. No, Ovi's won the rocket score. the last 20 years. Yeah, that's Ovi's trophy. But um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, just when you look at Matthews and the goal scoring and I think this MVP will be so cool because both guys played each other eight times. Yeah. So I think going forward, I think um, the Edmonton Toronto matchups are going to be really fun. They're going to be amazing. So I do have Austin Matthews as the MVP this year. Josh, you guys yeah, wow. the same thing?
0: If, yeah, it's he, down, if it's down to those two yeah i'll take matthews but i think we also got to remember there's
1: 22 it, other teams outside of the because north division
2: when you could give us the whole you could give us 10 options i'd still choose matthews but sorry joke go, no
1: go. but josh who else like when you look at the top 10 in scoring they're all the canadian guys so like, I, I, it's not like to, we're doing let me, let me get like, back i know to patrick you. kane is up there i heard patrick kane's doing really good i saw some of his plays and but i think in terms of defensemen like i don't really see like maybe you could all, you could always give it to headman but i'm talking about Matthews McDavid are doing historic stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. why you give them the MVP. Not because they're in the Canadian division and we're all watching that. I think, I think they're they- just that good. Especially, Especially if I-
2: Toronto ends up as the top three teams in the league, that, that will enhance. the And, and yeah. you see Edmonton in 10th, 11th place. It should, should go to Matthews. It should be added to his resume.
0: Yeah, I'll just wrap it up with this. The MVP will go to whoever has the hottest last month of the season. Because that's usually what happens
2: so dylan cousins for mvp
0: all right fair enough and taylor hall is going to the leafs so thanks for listening today we went a lot longer than we thought we were going to make sure you follow number nine retired by the leafs yeah
2: fuck i'm not gonna buy a number nine taylor hall jersey anymore anyway
0: make sure you follow us on instagram at orion sportscast on twitter at the same thing follow us personally link the bio the links for that will be in our bios make sure you like comment, and subscribe on youtube and we will see you soon Meow.